Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their have you gotten wrong yet? What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, and Ben McKee coming to you from Neyland Stadium, which uh, has now 0.3 goalposts after starting the night with two. Uh, a little bit less grass than it had about five hours ago. And the reason for that would be that uh, apparently Armageddon is here. The world has ended. Tennessee has beaten Alabama 52-49. to The Vols on a walk-off field goal from Chase McGrath that might be the ugliest made field goal of his life and also the best made field goal of his life. Fellas, the, the game, it's hard to describe what we saw in that game, but here, here's, here's the deal. That, the lead changed five times just in the second half, and there were seven scores that either tied the game or changed the lead. Unbefreaking-leavable football game, regardless of the outcome. And the fact that Tennessee ends the streak on that, you, boy, it's hard to you, hard. You buried the lead, Wes. Tennessee beat Alabama. I said it was the first thing I said, right? I said Tennessee beat Alabama. They just need to keep repeating it on loop for like the next 48 hours. There like, are no flags on the right. field. I mean, just... Um, I mean, th- th- there were probably a lot of people in the stadium tonight that had wondered if this would ever happen again. I mean, Alabama has been at the pinnacle of the sport for so long, and Tennessee has gone through its wilderness for over a decade with failed coaches and blown games and just ineptitude and, and finding ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and, in other cases, just getting your, your, your butt kicked and blown out, especially in this series. I mean, this has been a one-sided series in every yeah. sense of the word. Only one or two close games. Right. I mean, 2009 and, and 2015, right? Those were the only really close games. Tennessee got the game in the fourth quarter last season. But um, just just an incredible night for so many people in the program, in the fan base. Uh, this crowd was amazing. This crowd was electric. The orange out looked awesome. Uh, and, and Tennessee was able to, again, kind of like the Florida game, deliver and, and knock one of these rivalry games off that, that over the past decade, they've just not won these games enough. And uh, to get this one is, is obviously very sweet, and, and the fashion that it was done in with the back and forth, the shootout, um, and, and the kick at the end was uh, just just incredible, and, and it was a joy to watch. Your opening thoughts, Benjamin? Uh, I'm still trying to gather my thoughts. There, there are so many directions uh, in, in which to go. You, you have the pandemonium on the field after the game. Uh, you've, you've got the fact that they were already in the conversation, but... Who's to say that Tennessee's not the front runner to win the national championship right now? 
They, there's you're, if if you're not picking Tennessee as the number one team to to win it, the the front runner, you're maybe picking t- two or three at at, at most before yeah. you get to Tennessee. That that is a wild concept to me. Uh, Tennessee has put themselves in, in great position to make it to Atlanta and, and play in the SEC championship game. Obviously, there will be hurdles, Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri, to where they're not going to need to stub their own toe like the 2016 team uh, did. And then obviously the big one against Georgia in Athens that uh, if Tennessee does not lose a game that they're not supposed to, that game probably determines who goes to Atlanta. So uh, there's so many fascinating storylines to come from tonight. But I guess we'll we'll start to break down the game. Jalen Hyatt and Hendon Hooker. I mean, what what more can can you say about those two? Obviously, it was a long day for the Tennessee defense. Uh, Bryce Young was elite uh, as well. I don't know that we expected it today because we didn't really know how healthy he was. Uh, but <laughs> looked, looked pretty good to me. He looked very good. He and Jameer Gibbs, but uh, because of the efforts of, of Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt, and, and then obviously there were some other offensive players who stepped up and made plays. Jalen Wright looked awesome running the football, and he did not fumble. Not a single time. Not a single fumble. Or he almost – there's the one where he did fumble, but he, he the, the, the whistle ground. blew. Well, they they it was a fumble, but they ruled forward progress. Um, but he was awesome. Brew McCoy made some big catches. Uh, Keaton, Warren, Fant. Uh, so many great plays, but Hendon Hooker, Wes, and and Jalen Hyatt, that is unlike any performance we have ever seen, literally, uh, because Jalen Hyatt, four touchdowns, set the new program record, and he goes on to finish with five. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I want to talk a lot about Hooker and Hyatt, and we're going to have to. I also just want to say this, ju- just so we're clear about what just happened. Tennessee not only beat Alabama, Tennessee beat Alabama – without one of the best wide receivers in college football available. That's number one. Number two, without a senior safety who has started about a billion games here at Tennessee, was not available. Tennessee's best cornerback did not play a single snap in this game. Tennessee finished the game with a walk-on on in the secondary, playing at corner. I mean, Tennessee did all those things. So, so put that in one column. Here's column number two. On two different drives – Tennessee missed wide open touchdown throws. And that could have been 14 points, should have been 14 points. Tennessee got zero points, zero points on either drive. Then on a bad mesh point, one of the few mistakes all night from the offense, Tennessee just gave Alabama seven points. So that's a 21-point swing there. Also, Tennessee played without three or four of its most important players, and it still beat Alabama, who had pretty much everyone available. It, when you when you put it when you frame it into that box, it makes you think, hmm, how good are they? How good is this team? Because this still, as good as it was, not their best, and it couldn't be their best because they didn't have some of their best available. Well, you don't beat Alabama if you're not good at football, and and, and just you know, there's so many heroes, and you win a game like this. Obviously, Hendon Hooker, uh, Jalen Hyatt were, were outstanding. Uh, Tennessee's offensive line was really good in this game. Uh, you know, you didn't. You know, Will Anderson's a great player. He's got some other pass rushers. We heard all week about the Vaunted Cheetah package. I don't think they did anything in this game. They got a five-yard penalty for having two Right, when they field. first tried to get it in the fee- into the game. And then, uh, you know, Will Anderson had, what, three three tackles? Three tackles. No sacks. tackles for loss. Um, you know, Darnell Wright was tweeting some uh, <laughs> some trash talk after the game. Deservedly so. You shut down one of the best players in college football, make him a non-factor. Um, you deserve to, to enjoy that moment. And. Uh, obviously, Chase McGrath, he had the missed extra point. Tennessee obviously got the two-point conversion a, uh, a little bit later to make up for it. But 
um, you know, for him to come through and hit it over the line. Uh, they don't ask how; they ask how many. Exactly. Um, you know, some guys in the secondary. You know, they were just piecing it together back there. Um, you, you guys, a lot of a lot of people out there have wondered why they keep playing some of these guys. Well, here you go, because <laughs> the guys behind them aren't much better. There were a couple um, plays against the run tonight, specifically where I think. McCullough makes the play. Now, other person right. is the pass. He probably doesn't make those plays, just like the other guys don't make those plays. But against the run, I think it hurt him. Right. I mean, they have they have William Wright, who's down there and is a walk on down there playing on the last drive. I mean, they he gave up one third down, and uh, the other one uh, they threw at him, but the pressure got there. And you know, I thought Tennessee's defense. Um, you know, they just again they the, the if we talk to Tim Banks this week, he'll say the same thing. Whether we give up forty nine, whether we give up ten. It just matters if I have more points on the scoreboard. And, and Tennessee's defense was able to get that stop there. I mean, uh, after Tennessee tied the game with three minutes to go, you're thinking Alabama's going to go down and kick a field goal, get in field goal range, probably win the game. Um, and, and Tennessee made him try a 50-yard field goal. And um, not only did he not make it, but that gave Tennessee a, a platform to try to go and, and get into field goal range too uh, for McGrath. Now, it's good that they got as close as they did, it turns out. Um, but yes. – you know, Jeremiah Crawford comes off the bench and plays for Gerald Mincy in the second half. So many guys stepped up. And with a violent throw-up <laughs> turned into an intimidation tactic, which was boss-level status. Right. Uh, you know, I thought Jeremy Banks played pretty well tonight. He seemed yes. to be in the backfield a lot. You know, um, you know, some guys, you know, they beat Bryce Young up quite a bit, I thought. It seems like they were knocking him around pretty good, but, man, he's a special player. I thought this game, you know, uh, this game got a lot of hype going into the week, and it lived up to it, and then someone. We knew it was going to be two explosive offenses week. Maybe not Tennessee fans, but we hoped it was going to be two elite quarterbacks with, with Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman winner, Hendon Hooker, who's very much in, in that conversation this season. Might be uh, leading it right now. And they all, you know, they lived up to the hype. And, um, you know, Alabama's defense had given up, was allowing 12 and a half points per game, and Tennessee scored 21 in the first quarter. Um, so just uh, just a outstanding Thing to witness uh and obviously if you're tennessee you get the win on the end of it that that makes it that much more sweeter and ben here's what something that i want to talk about before we get to break too because i think a lot of things will probably get lost in the shuffle because you can't cover everything about a game like this too many things happened it was too bananas we'll, we'll probably see a billion things on the rewatch but i think at the end of that florida game you know tennessee had really won that game by about 17 or so points and then florida in the past the last couple minutes had a couple of drives against soft defense, then had a, an onside kick, always a little bit fluky there. Still, it came down to the end, but that felt like kind of a, that would have been like a highway robbery type of thing. This game, Alabama, a team that has really just pounded you for 15 years, except for maybe two occasions, they come back on you. You miss chances to put them away. How many times do we say, if you're going to come at the king, don't miss? They, they left 14 points on the board. They gave Alabama seven free points, gave up a couple bad third downs too. They take what should have been a two or three score game. All of a sudden, Bama's ahead with a lot of time left. It really takes a special group of guys to not fold in that situation. Even with 102,000 people behind you, it takes a lot to not fold in that situation. But man, you talk about ticking a box, Ben. That, that took some nuts. Absolutely. Uh, it's why this team is great. Are, are we allowed to use that word now? Getting there. I, I think when you beat Alabama and beat Florida in the same season, in, in year two, I, I'm willing to say great uh, at, at the moment. They're having a magical season. Tonight uh, confirmed that, hopefully for, for their sake, that it'll continue to be magical. But that's why the team has been able to, to beat Florida the way that it did, uh, even in that game. The, the onside kick, they, they were – 
things that happened where a lot of teams would fold. And Tennessee did not against Florida. Uh, you, you didn't really face a, a ton, if any, adversity against LSU, but still to go down on the road in Baton Rouge, take care of business, and, and then turn around this week, all the hype, even more than the Florida game outside of the stadium uh, and the college game day type of stuff. Uh, and they handled business. And as you mentioned, there, there were several instances in the game where it would have been really easy to fold. And I've I've watched a lot of Tennessee football teams that would have folded in, even in the dec- past. Even decent teams that would have folded. Yes. I mean, we saw the, the best team in the last 15 years, the 2016 team, fold under pressure. And there was a lot of dysfunction in the locker room that contributed to that. Um, but, man, the, the, the resiliency – uh, of this team and, and to me it obviously all starts with Josh Heupel but Hendon Hooker for, for him to to bounce back after it, it appeared that that mesh point that that got all messed up uh I think it was Jabari Small uh, I think it was Small at, yes. at the time I mean it, it appeared that that was on Hendon just kind of his reaction mm-hmm. and and I think some of the coaches spoke to him as well but I if I remember correctly he comes back and throws the 78-yard bomb to, to Jalen Hyatt yes. after that. I mean, and, and he that, made that, plays that, like that, that all that game was long. Thrown, that was thrown. Hyatt still had probably 20 yards to run to the ball when that ball left Hendon Hooker's hand, and it could not – he wasn't looking for it until the last minute. I mean, that was an NFL throw, an NFL catch. That was big time. When you Like the all-22 of that throw – will be incredible yes. because Hyatt covered a lot of ground, was not even – he probably should have gotten his head turned around quicker. If we're being honest, when you chop up the film, you're going to say, hey, you need to need to be looking back a little quicker. But hit him right between the sticks, NFL and then he goes. people will love to watch that throw. And yes. there were several throws today. But uh, I, I think it's kind of the story about this football team and why they've been able to, to handle the, the last three games the way that they have. Uh, really, the four wins, including Pitt, which I think there was something to be said for how they went up to Pittsburgh and beat Pittsburgh. I think the common theme is that they don't listen to the outside noise. They keep their head down. They work, and they're not afraid of the opportunity. I, I think that's why this team has been able to be successful, and I, I think that uh, bodes well for them moving forward. Yeah, and man, I think it starts as you mentioned with Hendon Hooker because you ask him after the game, he's like, "Ah, it's just a, just another win. <laughs> we came out here with a job he's to do." Sandbagging it like hell. He's, when he's, he's doing that. you he's know he's, he's so stoic, back but to work yeah, back Gotta to get work ready for mighty UT Martin. <laughs> right. I mean, just uh, you know, but when that when your leader is is that way and so poised and so calm and you know doesn't get up and down and and when your leader is one of your hardest workers, that's going to influence so many people around him. Um, and that's why you've seen Jalen Hyatt have a breakout year. I mean, I don't think Jalen Hyatt's, you know, it's not like he grew six inches and, and his 40-time dropped by a second over the past year. He's always been a fast guy. Pretty good for a number three wide receiver right. coming into but the he season. Just, but he just is, uh, you know, it, it's his work paying off, and you're seeing it, and, and, and it's a, a, a product of, of him being in the complex as much as Hinton Hooker has been, as much as Cedric Tillman was going into the last season. So, um, it, it's been, you know, you, the, the, the big win obviously gets a lot of, of attention. There are so many individual stories of guys improving on this team. The offensive line has really improved. That was going to be my last point before the break, so let's go Just, ahead and talk about that. You know, they were incredible. In you know, game. the defensive line has had better days, but some of those guys up front are, are, are making plays, you know. Um, maybe I shouldn't point out too many guys on the defense are improved. But, but, uh, no, no, uh, I, I, think, <clears throat> I, I think Tennessee – won both lines of scrimmage in that game. Right. I think Tennessee's problems came 
on the back end a lot defensively. Which I is, think, again, I think against Gibbs, as good as he is, his numbers were good tonight. They were not like jumping off the page at you, and he's special, and he gets a lot of that outside the tackle boxes. I think Tennessee won both lines of scrimmage in this game. Yeah, and, and but, you know, units are making improvement. You know, Tennessee's defensive line dominated against an LSU team that's winning at Florida right now. So, um, you know, their offensive line has played really good two games. I think they had almost 180 yards tonight. tonight. Um, I don't – Hindenhooker was sacked once, and that wasn't on the offensive line because he held the ball for about seven seconds because yeah, nobody was, was open. He had – as good as he is, he had about three plays tonight. You went, uh oh, so, man, that was one of them. So, um, yeah, and probably the best part of this, guys, is that um, there's a lot of complaining about the officials from Alabama fans. Which Rich I, irony. Which I don't know that I understand, if I'm well, being honest, because Alabama, the single worst call that I saw in the football game – absolutely changed things. And that went in Alabama's favor because that's not passing your fans well, e- on any even, planet. Even and that, that turns a fourth and goal from the 16 into a first and goal from the two. Bama takes the lead. Well, on Tennessee's tying touchdown drive, there was a, a pass interference on third down that I think was pretty obvious. And then the one on the fourth down, which was a pick that Alabama ran back to the other 20. Um, I didn't even see the flag on that one, so it must have been late. But he did tackle him a little bit. He put his he, arms he, around him. He 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 did. Uh, the defensor, the defensive back, did wrap his his arms around Princeton fan. That's why it was called. Um, but the one you're talking about with with uh, Deshaun Rucker in the end zone um, on a play where Bryce Young ran around for like 20 seconds. If and, that's not a Rucker, that called. I mean, happen. I mean, Aaron Beasley had a free that's shot, fake. couldn't get him down. Byron Young had him dead to rights, couldn't get him down, and, and he throws one up in the end zone. And you're like, oh, you got to pick this. Um, and Jacory Brooks pretty much grabbed Rucker and and took him to the ground with him, and then. Sold it beautifully. Yeah, sold it, and and the officials bought it. And it, there, you know, are that Itali- was a, there are some Italian soccer players jealous that that guy is that good at that. <laughs> that 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 sort of uh, you know that was a third and goal from the sixteen. As you know, that's a four point call right there. So, uh, and obviously the call on, on the last drive was big too. But I mean, Alabama had seventeen penalties, and a lot of them were pre snap stuff. You know, they had one meltdown series where they got backed up into like third and twenty two at the two, and the I think that was his first quarter. And Tim Banks is still sending six. On, on third and 22 at the two, but you know, that again, that's the only way they're stopping anyone. It, yeah. That's and, good. And, and there were some national writers around us who were like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, there's, we're kind of surprised that Tennessee was blitzing so much and playing man when they very clearly were struggling in man. It's like, this is what they do. And when, when they get sort of in these clutch moments. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, some, some good moments after the game, you know, Josh Heupel was, um, I don't know when he came out. It was, well Good. over an hour. It was an hour. It was, and, it, and, and in just, fairness, uh, Bill Martin, Tennessee Sports Inform- Information Director, came out after about ten minutes and was like, "Guys, I don't know how long it's going to be, but it's going to be a little while." Cigar smoke is flowing, and then uh, you know, Hypo walks out and just deadpans. Sorry for taking a while. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys, I have which some is stuff pretty going good. On. So, um, and, and probably his best line was when he, uh, I guess he was, we're trying to get him to admit this is more than just a you know ho hum win. Uh, it's him saying, you can see what it means to our fan base if you just look at Cumberland Avenue, which is where the goalposts are, were, who knows where they are. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just a just a wild night. And there's lots more to talk about with this game. I think we, we could talk a lot more about the game itself, and we probably will, but I think we we probably ought to talk a little bit about what it means because now you, you talk about things getting serious, like you think of win over Florida made things serious. Boy. This is this takes things to another level, uh, but we are slightly overdue for a break. We're going to step away for a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products and services you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker and Ben McKee and Patrick Brown coming to you from Neyland Stadium where sixth ranked for now, Tennessee uh, just knocked off third-ranked Alabama for now, 52-49, 40-yard walk-off winner by Chase McGrath on one of the the most beautiful duck farts I think you've ever seen around East Tennessee. That one was, uh, that one got there. It, I don't know if it would have been good from 43 or 42, but it only needed to be 40, and that's what it was, uh, and it got the job done. Tennessee, an amazing game that that somehow met the hype and then some, which we so rarely see in big games. Lots more to discuss about it, and we're going to do that here as we're sitting in the the uh, I believe we're in the the visiting radio booth here at Neyland Stadium. So we got more to get into there, and we will. But before we do that, guys, just a quick uh, request from our end: if you could take about a minute out of your day right now, maybe 60, 75, 90 seconds tops, go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast. We sure would appreciate it. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod. You can find the Scovals 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No complaints from this end. Maybe a few, but very few complaints from this end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask. Go in there, subscribe, rate, and review. Also, tell your friends. Tell people you see at church in the morning. And a lot of people are probably going to need to go to church after the sinning that's going on around in this city right about now. Uh, go tell people that you see on the golf course. Tell people that you see walking your dog. Tell people you see. If you, do malls still exist? Go to the mall. See people you see there. If you see somebody that's wearing an orange shirt and you're like, hey, man, I don't have any friends, but I wish you were my friend. We both like Tennessee. Why don't you listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast? If you're already doing all those things, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Guys, this game, we have talked a lot about what happens if Tennessee could just beat a Florida, right? How much would that change the complexion of a season? How much would that change it? Because you're not going in there, your first SEC game is a loss, you actually can maybe make things a little more interesting. Now you do that and you beat Alabama. Okay. 
guys, now it's the halfway point of the season. Tennessee is undefeated. Don't know where Tennessee is going to be in the polls. Probably top four. I would think top three. Uh, somewhere up there very high in the polls. Probably get a couple first place votes, if I'm being honest. But I don't think it'll be there because I think there's some others that'll be up there ahead of them just a little bit. But regardless, what this means, Tennessee now will be favored to win all but one game down the stretch. And if Tennessee beats Georgia, well, then Tennessee could lose one and still go to the SEC championship game. If Tennessee loses to Georgia, then Tennessee's probably not winning the East, but it could be sitting there at 11-1 and when the college football playoff talk comes around. This changes absolutely everything. And I know this team is going to have to think about, you know, my God, how annoyed is it? How annoying but hilarious is it going to be next week? Just got to worry about UT Martin, guys. One game at a time, one day at a time. And that's fine. I get it. That's their job. But what this means for the big picture, guys, my God. I mean, we're sitting here talking about a team that's in the hunt to win everything right now. And it's October. Yes, and it is absolutely fair to have these conversations. And I immediately jumped to that at the beginning of this podcast because that, that's how, how can your mind not immediately go to that? Uh, and, and I mean, they're, again, they're, they're one of the t- first teams you think about that can win the national championship. Will they? I don't know. The, the defense will probably cost them at some point. Different conversation for a different day. Yeah, most we're, we're only talking positive play, play, things Playing right the now. odds. They're playing the odds. Yeah, yeah. probably. We're, we're, we're talking positive things uh, tonight because, as Patrick said earlier, and, and I, meant to, I meant to say this earlier as well, Florida, we said it. You beat Florida. That's all that matters. You don't care how you beat Florida. You did it. You beat freaking Alabama. And this Alabama team – is not what Florida is. This is a legit Alabama team. That's one of the best in the country, a top five undefeated team. And you you threw haymakers with them. Maybe the best offensive player in the country. Maybe the best defensive player in the country. Maybe two of the five best offensive players in the country. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't matter how the job got done. You beat freaking Alabama. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. And, and it's, it's so huge for – for all of these reasons we're discussing, I'll go a little different angle since I spoke about the championship pursuit earlier. It's big for the program because of how many recruits were in attendance and how many were watching on television. Sounds like Ohio State got in the ear of Cardell Tate a little late in the week, and, and he decided not to ultimately visit this weekend. But he sure was tweeting about the Vols early when, when Hinton Hooker and, and, and Steve, Hyatt, Steve Wilfong's already been got some stuff up from recruits that he's talked to who have been at the yes. game. It's nuts. So, I mean, Josh Heupel said it post game that th- this win is just absolutely huge in terms of continuing to build the foundation of this team, because obviously there are things that need to be fixed. If, if Tennessee will ultimately win a national championship under Josh Heupel, uh, th- there's personnel that needs to be added on the defensive side of the ball and nights like tonight help. And also, Jalen Hyatt was a fairly highly ranked guy coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Four-star. Uh, multiple schools wanted him. Uh, Brew McCoy, five-star coming out of high school, obviously had some issues, and that's now why he's at Tennessee. Uh, but Cedric Tillman was not a highly ranked guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest Barely of, top ten in Nevada. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he was going to go walk on at USC, if I remember correctly. But my point is that these offensive players, they're, they're not Alvin Kamara's or I'm saying Bryce Brown because Bryce was the number one overall player in the country. They're not bona fide five stars like Jalen Hurd and Josh Malone. And nights like tonight help you get those guys. And there were a lot of really, really great 2024, 2025, 2026 kids. And this will live in the back of their memory 
for <laughs> their entire recruitment, pretty much. So tonight was big for this individual season, but it's even bigger for the long-term success of Tennessee football because you're helping build the foundation and, and you're, you're proving that you're going to be here to stay as LSU kicks a field goal to go up 10 in Gainesville. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Pat, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about about what it means, but I think we just need to – boy, this is – I didn't even want to make this horrible pun, but it's the elephant in the room, right? Tennessee is now in – and I know I'm going to kill myself for saying that, but it's the obvious thing to say. Um, but what this means going forward, of course, it means that you got to go get ready for UT Martin, Kentucky. you got, you got to go play your games. But what – Everything is in the picture now. You're talking about potentially a playoff team. You're talking about potentially a title team. You're talking about potentially a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, this is these are words that we have not been able to even think about here yeah. for a long time. Yeah, I was. You know, I did a podcast this week with uh, the College Football Daily with with Brandon Marcello, one good. of our national one of our national guys, Travis Ryer, who's uh, is one of our Alabama guys from 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 Bama Online, our uh, that site and. Uh, they were t- kind of playing this game up as like a play uh, have playoff implica- implications. And I'm at the end of it. I'm just like I'm still trying to wrap my head around to see being in a, any sort of conversation about playoffs. Sort of, you know, Jim Mora playoffs. Playoffs. Um, but you beat Alabama. You you're in that conversation. Uh, there's no sense in hiding it. I mean, Hendon Hooker did not. Um, you know, that he said he said it before. He said it after this game too. That you know, when the team got back in January, they put a goal out there and uh, he. He mentioned that and then was asked to sort of clarify what that goal was. And he, he said it's Atlanta. And for a lot of teams, that's sort of the first step, right? You know, every yeah. team wants to win a national title. It's the first championship you can win is the SEC East. Right, right. And so you're, you're trying to get to Atlanta. Um, and, and those are sort of your, your targets, the SEC East, the SEC title, the playoff, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, internally those goals have been out there. I think now embrace them. Talk about them. Um, get used to Tennessee being in that conversation because you beat Alabama, you're in that conversation. Because Alabama is always in that conversation every year. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can start to outlay, you know, outline the scenarios. If they lose to Georgia and don't make Atlanta, they could still get in the playoff. They could but win probably it. Probably wouldn't because Georgia and Alabama would get in at that point. Well, that's, Tennessee would not. That's the doomsday. I'm just calling that. I'm calling that one what it is. Well, that's the doomsday scenario, right? Where they play uh, all, all three of those teams play each other and they all beat each other, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, and then Georgia and Alabama go to the playoff in Tennessee, right? Because they're Georgia and Alabama, and you're Tennessee. That that's definitely a scenario that ask A and M. Right, and you know, Tennessee will be five, and you know they can't, can't have three SEC yeah, teams in the playoffs. Can't do it. Can't do it, guys. So, um, you know, but uh, again, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But that conversation, you know, this is going to be a top five team tomorrow afternoon when the rankings come out. So, um, and I think, like you said, I think this team will get some first place votes, particularly in the AP poll, because some people will say, "You beat Alabama, you're you're the number one team." That's yeah. the most impressive win I think anybody's had. Um, you know, Michigan beat Penn State pretty good today, but. Nah. Um, that's not, not beating. Level. That's not beating Alabama um, when, when Alabama's on. And I think Alabama was on today, particularly on offense. I mean, yeah. it was, it was tough to overcome uh, what number nine did running and throwing and all the things uh, that he did in this game. But yeah, you're 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 full on in that conversation now. I know our Brad Crawford, who does our bowl predictions or projections and all that stuff, he's got Tennessee as the three seed in the playoff right now. I mean, that's that's the world we're living in. It's it's there. Yeah, and, and, um, and Tennessee's bowl eligible too, guys. Big yeah. news. Yeah, I rode down the elevator to, to the first floor there to go to the, the post-game press conference with, like, there were five or six, I think, of the, the t- Tennessee video kids, and they're, like, college kids. And one of them was like, hey, guys, we're ball eligible. Right. <laughs> I was like, I think, you, I think you got the most important part of the evening, young man. You right. understand it. Right. So, I mean, that, that's, that's what this team has done. That's what Josh Heupel's done in, in a season and a half. I mean, he's, what, 19 games into his tenure here, and 
Um, I mean, another conversation for another day is just like where this program was. I mean, a, a guy on the other side of the field today, Henry Toa Toa, you know, it's not, you know, it's business, whatever. <laughs> He's like, guys, I'm, I'm out. Sorry, uh, is, I'm out. Is one of, um, what, 25 to 30 guys? Officially, they that had bailed. more than 30 in the portal. but um, and, and at the time, you I mean, you wouldn't have blamed them. This program was in disarray. There was that stretch. I still don't blame them today, Pat. There was a lot of people are going to get mad at that. I don't blame them today. Right, at the I mean, time, that was the right decision to there, make. There was, in a lot of cases. There was a stretch Why where, would you not do that if you were him in that situation? Well, but it wasn't a strictly football decision. Well, the, the, point, the point I'm being, we don't need to go off on a tangent, but like this program a year and a half ago, less than two years, was – I mean, it was in shambles. They had the, the weeks of uncertainty of what they're going to do with Jeremy Pruitt, the investigation, Tennessee's going to get hammered, Tennessee was giving out McDonald's bags, all this stuff um, of cash and, and just like all this stuff. And you know, here they are. And I mean, no one in their right mind would have seen this coming. Now they've, they've got to continue to, to, to go forward and, and make the most of what this season could be. But it's just amazing. I mean, it's just in the way that this thing has turned around so fast and, um, the way they've installed this culture and this winning attitude where, like Ben talked about earlier, there were so many times in this game where you're like, okay, that's it. They're done. This Seen game's going to swing. Alabama's about to, you know, they got the score to take the lead. They're going to get the stop. They'll get the goal, get the ball back, squeeze the life out of it, whatever. You know, we saw this game last year. Tennessee was in it start of the fourth quarter. Tennessee, Alabama put three, say, you know, three touchdowns on them, did what Alabama does. That didn't happen in this game. Tennessee did what Tennessee has not done. And, um, it's it's pretty crazy when you really look at the big picture of, of where this program was and, and where it is right now, where it is in that conversation to win win the SEC East, win the SEC, you know, win the SEC, be in the playoff conversation. It's 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 nothing short of miraculous, to be honest. Yeah, I've been saying for the past couple of weeks that that it maybe was time to recalibrate. It was time to think about recalibrating how we considered this team and what this team was and what this team could be. Okay, let's recalibrate it because it's there. It's there. Like this team, they're in it. They're in the hunt now. They are there. They have played two of their three most difficult games, I suppose, to this point, and they are there. And I would say Florida is because of what it means to Tennessee and how historically inept they've been against Florida. But I think here's my last question before we get out of here. Y'all might have more stuff, which is totally fine because I don't think time constraints really matter tonight. But here's my question. At what point do you become – so good on offense that it's like, okay, you're not good at defense, so what? I mean, at some point, you have to say, they scored 52 points against Alabama tonight and left 14 points at least on the field with wide open pitch and catch plays. So it's not like you're saying, oh, well, they still drove down and got field goals. No, they didn't. They didn't score on those possessions. And and so now you're looking at it and you're going, okay, so really that should have been 66 points against Alabama's defense. So at what point are you saying, okay, get like three stops in a game, you're probably going to win? I think you're at that point. But the, the only thing that I would say a problem with that thought process, if you want to call it a problem, is that you're not going to win a national championship with, with this defense. Maybe you do. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll regret saying this uh, in two to three months. But I, I do believe that in order to win a national championship, you have to have a legitimate defense and, and that's that means that's not that doesn't, that doesn't mean what it used to because football's different now yes, but still you still correct. gotta be good but I, I i just i i think that opposing quarterbacks are going to carve up this defense all day long i i kind of like the the defensive front 
the the linebackers are, are so so. I thought Jeremy Banks was awesome tonight. Yeah, he by played, the way, he, he he played his tail off. It, probably his best career game. Just watching it to the naked eye live. But at some point, that style of play will cost you. You just hope that it doesn't cost you at the worst time. But I also think somebody could push back on, on what I'm saying and say, okay, they just still managed to beat Alabama, still managed to beat Florida, still managed to beat LSU. You still got the job done even without having a superior defense. So I, I, I don't think anybody's crazy for, for having that opinion. But over the course of football history, we have seen time and time and time again how important it is when talking about winning a championship, how important it is to to having a good defense. I And the thing with Tennessee, I would agree with you if Tennessee had a solid, average defense. But I, I think they're slightly below, if not a, a bad think, defense, I because think, of the secondary. I think they're at least average in the front seven. The problems yeah, I agree. I've, I've said that, I've said that for, for weeks now, that – the, the the front seven is playing good football. It's just that it, it doesn't matter at times because the secondary is that bad. I mean, the, the receivers are running open all day long, and, and it, that's going to continue to be a problem. And, and that won't creep up and bite you against Missouri or Vanderbilt or South Carolina. But uh, against Georgia, I mean, the, that, that could come back to bite you in the butt, and that may be the difference in whether you go to Atlanta or not. I was hoping you were going to say Kentucky as Will Levis throws a pick six, but because um, <laughs> Kentucky can't score. Um, Who's winning the game? Uh, well, right now it's it's Kentucky, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this defense. Uh, I think you're being a little too hard on them, Ben, because this is you, you're not paying the Alabama tax. Alabama's going to make a lot of defenses look I was bad. Answering Wes's question about the defense. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the counterpoint to that would be you look at the, the teams that lead the country in total offense and scoring. Ohio State's up there. Alabama's up there. Georgia's up there. All these teams that can score are teams that are in the, in the hunt, in the playoff conversation. So, you know, where are all those teams on defense? I don't know. But you have to be able to score in today's college football, and Tennessee can score. Um, and, you know, are they going to have to win 52-49? Sure. I mean, they had to get, what, 45 or whatever yards on those final two passes just to in, in like, 13 seconds to get into field goal range? But they're they, doing situational stuff, too, now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and they've, you know, again, they're, they're scoring 52 on on uh, Alabama. They're scoring 40 on LSU, and they're scoring 38 on, on Florida without Cedric Tillman, who is one of the best receivers in the SEC. So uh, there's been a couple of plays, I think, these last two weeks as well where, you know, if it's Cedric Tillman and instead of Keaton, those plays are getting made. And that's not a slide on Ramel Keaton. He's been great. Who made an unbelievable catch out of bounds in this game. And one that was actually inbounds for one yard. Right. It was and, the most Ramel Keaton thing ever. And, and, an unbelievable, two unbelievable catches to get a net and, of and, one yard. And his catch on the final drive was really big, you know, going over the middle. Uh, and he made some really good plays in this game. But there was a, a couple plays that he missed where if he makes those or if Cedric Tillman's in the game and he makes some, Tennessee scores 60 on Alabama. So One of them, I think, Keaton cut off the route or he just um, did something. And, and, the first one was just on. And again, I think, you know, some you, know, you get caught up in the yards and, um, you know, this defense shut down LSU. LSU just hung 45 at Florida. So um, That wasn't the question Wes posed. No, I, I know. And, and let's blame Wes then. You want to do that, Ben? Well, you're making it seem like I'm trying to be all negative ball and I'm not trying to. Have well, I mean, we need What we need I to... heard empirically was that Ben was negative just then. <laughs> Let's give Ben a. Do you ben, think Tennessee can win a national championship with this defense? Uh, I think they can with this offense. Is my answer. <laughs> well, I mean, they will have a couple uh, guys. It, back. It, I mean, they played without their best corner tonight. He helps. Right. I mean, they, I mean, they were, been their best corner by far. They were down. They were down three starters in the secondary tonight. I mean, they're playing a walk on at cornerback and the, the, with the game on the line at the end. So, 
Um, can they win a national title with this defense? If you can score 60 points a game, then you don't need the best defense. Yeah. You can so you can you can do this against this Alabama defense. You absolutely and, can. And you know, with this offensive line too, which at some point we're gonna have to start discussing just how freaking good this offensive line is. Yeah. And it is not easy to play at the pace those three hundred pound guys have to play at, and to hold Will Anderson to basically nada in a game to hold Alabama to one sack that was your quarterback's fault during the game. And I know there's times where Hooker makes a lot of guys miss to make them look great, and it helps. But like that offensive line, I think. Going into the season, I'll put my hand up here and say I completely did not believe they could be this good, or I, I just didn't. I just didn't. Right, and, and and you know to look at it through the the orange tinted glasses, so to speak. I think Tennessee's defense won them the Pittsburgh game. Mm-hmm. They played great against LSU. I think everybody can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and through three and a half quarters, they held Florida to twenty one points. Now the last two drives were bad. Okay, they were bad. Let's <laughs> see. Um, they were not good. They were not good. They were not good. I mean, Anthony Richardson is very limited and threw for 453. That doesn't need to be anything else said than that. But, but Bryce Young made a lot of plays tonight that were just unbefreaking leaveable. Right. He is and, and again, good. you, you I, I get, I best, I bet Tennessee doesn't have this many guys running wide open in this game with Jalen McCullough back there on the ball hat in the game. So it well, is I what mean, it is. They got the job done. Maybe on some plays, I think their goal is to leave two or three guys running wide open. So the quarterback gets a little bit confused he doesn't know where to go with Jedi the ball. mind tricks on him. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think they're just saying, you know what, guys? Instead of just having one open guy who was just obvious you got to throw the ball to, what about, hear me out here, let two or three guys run open and then just see if the quarterback but, but, can make a decision. But the point is we've seen what this defense can do. Now, looking at the rest of the schedule, the only teams I see on there that can really score is Georgia. I know. And mm, Bennett's not been great. And, you know, but that team can score. Lately, um, anyway. You know, you, you're – Will Levis will be tough, but Will Levis will also give you some stuff. He's good for an interception every game, and if you get the game down to the end of the, you know, at the end where he's got to make a play, he probably won't make it. That's, that's what he's shown. History I mean, I'm reflects just, that. Um, and, and you know, once you get to past the regular season, if you get in, if you get to Atlanta, if you get in a playoff game, you just need your defense to show up that day. You don't have to have a great defense. You just need to have defense to have a great day. So uh, that that's kind of how I look at it. And you know what this was for Tennessee? It was, a, it was a great day, a great night. I know there's a lot of Tennessee fans out there that have stuck with this program through a lot of bad times, and we'll see where this season goes. But I think you all have earned this. You've more than earned it. Uh, a lot of people who have given a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and dollars to this program over the years, and enjoy it, guys. Enjoy it. I know that we don't always see eye to eye, but you're one of the best fan bases in the country. You've earned this. You've earned a team like this. So enjoy it. We will have a lot to discuss. I know Tennessee is playing UT Martin next week. So, again, the UT Martin Skyhawks, put some respect on Jason Simpson's name over there, negative negative Ben McKee. But, you know, we, we will have at least three podcasts. We'll go through the week about like normal. We'll do what we do, and we will have coverage for you. And Tennessee now uh, will be a top three, probably four team doing that. So, guys, enjoy it tonight. Be safe, please. Be safe out there if you're still listening. Be safe. Uh, get home safe, and we will uh, see you here in just a couple of days. And also, thank you, Ben and Pat. Thanks, Wes. Good night. Bye, Wes, said Ben. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there, or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day. Tons of stuff on there. All good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap, go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of of that now uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days there's been a problem we should be back here uh in, in a couple days or so you'll hear from us very very shortly until then guys be good to each other be decent to each other please there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore god we are so mean to each other have some basic human empathy allow people their dignity try to be kind be good to each other until then be good guys see you Where's Wes at? I, I, he already put my comments out there, so <laughs> he, he had direct quotes. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.